never, ever marks the spot. I am altering the deep. Pray I don't alter it any further. Most of the intelligence community doesn't believe he exists. The ones that do call him the Winter Soldier. I'm Batman. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Top 5 Report, the podcast that once again tried to purchase the product divider at the grocery store, but they took it away like always. My name is Drew. I'll be your host of the evening. Along with me, as always, is my brother, Peter. Peter. What, what is happening? How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I don't know if I'm quite clear on what that joke meant, but I am kind of inferring things in my mind, and it's still pretty funny. So No, you go to the grocery <laughs> store, and you put the product divider down, and you put all the stuff you want to buy, and then you're like, well, wait, I wanted to buy that when they take it away. <laughs> what's what's the product di- divider? Is that, that like little a little piece of curve? plastic that separates your shit from my shit? <laughs> I thought it was like a cardboard, like the little cardboard thing that like they put, you know, candies in and stuff like that. Like I was just picturing like I just want this like uh, this cardboard container because it has a sweet picture of Spider-Man on it or something like that. I I thought it was one of those things. Um, It was it was (laughs) I wasn't sure what else to call it. I'm like, it's the thing you put down to separate your groceries from my groceries. I put it on the conveyor belt. I don't know why you're not letting me buy it. (laughs) For me, it was uh, hearkening back to when I worked retail, like right around when um, The Force Awakens came out and there was so many awesome Star Wars displays, like especially the uh, Target had like this really, really cool um, BB-8 display that was just like it's I think it was kind of like a holy grail of every store, like every Star Wars fan who went into the store just wanted to own one of those. And I think because of the store's policy, those got all thrown away in my my assumption. So uh, awesomeness of uh, corporate America, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. Um. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I just gave like a multi-tiered discussion level question and uh, (laughs) we can (laughs) move on if you want to dissect the joke. Well, we kind of have to move on because we have a massive content to talk about and we're going to bore everybody because it's time to make contracts exciting and it's time to discuss licensing agreements. And I don't know if you saw the news this week, but I I cannot turn on my Twitter or Instagram or open up an Internet page without this thing blasting me in the face. So it's time to try and make some sense out of it, even though nobody knows anything and... um, there's a lot of YouTube videos and a lot of stuff online right now. Some of it's misinformation. Some of it I found to be very helpful. But do you know what I'm talking about, Peter? A little bit. Um, okay. I kind of I've watched a couple YouTubers kind of try to discuss this issue. Um, I actually don't follow a lot of uh, gaming outlets. Like most of my social media stuff is just comics and movies stuff. So I didn't see it like blowing up my timeline everywhere. But it's one of those things where I don't fully grasp the issue but i kind of am looking forward to you helping me sort through all of this drew tonight so, and I, go, ahead, oh, no, well, go ahead oh no i feel like this is the case with a lot of other things where 
you live in like the wild, wild west of the internet or of fan art or of whatever else. And you have those like power to the people moments of like, yeah, we can do whatever, <laughs> whatever we want. And then again, whoever owns the property rights comes in and starts rest- restricting stuff. And it's one of those moments where it's like, well, we had our fun, but it looks like the walls are crashing in. Very similar to that sort of like late 90s, early 2000s uh, moment with like Napster music. And then you had Metallica who just raged against the mat, uh, the Napster machine at that moment. And uh, even though Metallica was right, it was still like destroying this moment of awesome music sharing that happened at that moment. And uh, I feel like it's maybe a similar case to that, but I, again, don't fully grasp exactly what's going on. It is like that. And it's not like that. If you haven't figured it out yet, we're talking about the wizards of the coast, (laughs) one D and D OGL or open game license, which we're going to cover in the news. This is probably one of the biggest stories going on right now in terms of nerd pop culture. And then we're going to try and help people understand it. Um, I have done a lot of digging, a lot of YouTube stuff, um, trying to like extrapolate actual data. And I found some really cool articles written by lawyers who work in, uh, copyright law who have tried to explain this to everybody. So, um, I have a lot of quotes and stuff that I've pulled. So we're going to, um, kind of break this down, but we'll get to that in the news. Um, but because it's such a big topic, we're going to try and keep watching and reading to a minimum, which, which is kind of nice. Cause I only had a chance to watch one thing this week. So <laughs> what do you got for me? <laughs> yeah, I have two super short things. And then I have one thing. Uh, the first thing I wanted to mention is I started watching the anime monster on Netflix and, oh, okay. uh, that, that is awesome, but I'm only like four episodes in and I kind of want to save a bigger review for probably our next episode but it's a very cool very subtle sort of intricate series that brings a lot of um a lot of ethical conundrums uh to mind like it's super ethical and intellectual and that's what i love about it it deals a lot with like um like the first episode the the whole plot is surrounding like this doctor who works at a hospital and the hospital is prioritizing um, in quotes, like high value clients. So he's like a really good brain surgeon and uh, the hospital will prioritize him working or, you know, during doing surgery on like uh, politicians or big like businessmen and stuff. And he's like getting pulled away from like um, surgeries on like the average person. And it's this huge, like ethical conundrum of like, the hospital's telling him more people are important than other people. And uh, he kind of has to like decide which way he's going to go. And I, again, I don't want to go on and on about the series, but it's super, super interesting. Like I wasn't expecting those sorts of ethical, uh, you know, just issues to be brought up. So that was awesome. Uh, The other thing, the other short thing I wanted to bring up is this goes back to our favorite game board (laughs) or board game episode. Um, I mentioned for an honorable mention in that episode that I got this game called Cartooner that uh, okay. I was really excited to play, but I never played, but I knew I would love. <laughs> so it's kind of goofy. But on that episode, it was one of my favorite or it was one of my honorable mentions for that list. I finally played Cartooner. I played a couple of rounds with my wife. The game's awesome. It's a game where you compete to draw comic strips against uh, somebody else. And it's one of the it's the game is like the time limit to draw a comic strip. You pretty much have to draw stick figures like it's not based on 
drawing ability it's more based on you get prompts and it's based on how well you can construct a comic strip based on that prompt and it was like it's super fun it's one of those things that was way more accessible to like the non-artsy sort of person than I was expecting so I am super pumped to play this more on like family game nights and stuff it's just one of those things that I got as a gift Wanted to use it for a game night, and then the pandemic hit. Never had that game night, and then it kind of was just sitting on a shelf for a long time. And I finally yeah. was like, I have to play this. Let's do this. Like, uh, my wife was in the mood to play a game. I'm like, let's sit down and play this one at least for a few rounds. And it's so much fun. That being said, it's the perfect game for me. But Cartooner, awesome game. Anybody who thinks they might be interested should definitely check that out. Uh, the Oh, what's that? I have uh, a couple Dungeons and Dragons miniatures that I purchased right before the pandemic hit. So early, <laughs> early 2020. Yeah. And, and the last session I played with my adult group, I had to pull out, I actually got to pull out a couple of those miniatures and I put that's them on awesome. the table and whatnot. And then I was like, and they were all like, Oh my God, that's awesome. Like they were just, cause they were larger than normal. They're larger, <laughs> they're larger miniatures. And I was like, do you guys know when I bought that? You know how long that's been sitting on the shelf waiting to be at the game table. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's like, that reminds me of like when the pandemic hit, it was like literally that weekend. Um, I was supposed to go to a concert. Um, like I was going to go see dragon Force that weekend. And it was literally oh. like that got canceled. And I was like, what the heck? So I was of course disappointed and scared and stuff about the quarantine. But then I was also like, man, I have to miss this concert I was looking forward to, but it, it was, it is, it is what it is. And that was, uh, what, two and a half years ago at this point. So yeah. we don't have to drag that on. I know. Uh, the third thing that I watched, which I'm hoping is what you watched is I watched the series finale of Willow. I did not. I'm very behind. Oh, on... man. <laughs> I'm very behind I... on Willow. I'm disappointed at myself that I'm very behind on Willow. Um, I, I'd like, a. I like that I didn't like it from you. Like, wow, I'm excited. And then we can really break it down because that's the next thing I plan on getting caught up on. <laughs> yeah. For, for the last couple of weeks, I've been dying to talk about Willow. And the thing is, I'll I know. Give a I'm short... sorry, dude. I'm sorry. It's just, this is the busiest time of year for me. So I'll, I'll give a short spoiler free review of the show. All in all, by the end of the series, I loved it. The series finale was awesome. There is some amazing action sequences. Um, that being said, going through the series, there was a number of things that really made me cringe and I really didn't like. But that series finale and how everything got wrapped up was so good that everything I didn't like was forgivable. And it's really oh. not like huge things, but there are, there are some um, creative choices along the way that kind of irked me. Like, Drew, I think you're you've probably passed the moment where... Uh, for some reason, Alora Dannon runs across like these uh, two like cowboy looking women in the woods. I'm assuming you've seen that part because it's like episode three. Uh, yeah, I think so. OK, so that was that was one of the things I didn't like where it's just like, why are these ladies dressed as cowboys like this doesn't feel very in place for like a medieval fantasy? <laughs> you know what I mean? And there's yeah. yeah. A couple other moments that are very much like that, but the series as a whole I thought was awesome. And my favorite part of it was I really do think it it captured that sort of Dungeons and Dragons-esque ragtag adventuring crew traveling 
all with like this common goal of defeating the enemy or, you know, saving the world, whatever it is, and uh, kind of their misadventures and, uh, you know, obstacles they encounter on the way. Like, I really think it captured that aspect of, uh, you know, adventure storytelling. And that was my favorite part of it. But uh, I'm hoping you get kept caught up because I'd love to uh, go through a lot more of the details with you, uh, hopefully next week. <laughs> um, and I'm with you on that. So I, I will get caught up. I promise. Nice. <laughs> um, all right. That's, so it, that's it for me. So, yeah. All right. So the thing that I watched was the menu. I started this today. It, it kind of drives me crazy because my wife does this, but she had somewhere to go and she's like, let's start this movie. And I'm like, we'll only get to watch half an hour of it. She's like, so I don't care. Let's start it. So I watched the hour of the film. I would have been like, no, we're waiting. Uh, <laughs> I movie. didn't have, I didn't like muster the energy to uh, make the argument, but from what I've seen, it's really cool. <laughs> um, I don't know how, let me ask you this question because you only watched half an hour. Um, so real quick, the movie is about these really rich people. I think they're going out to a fancy dinner at this island. The chef has got them there for this fancy dinner, but it's more than just a dinner. It's meant to be an experience. And so it's like the seven course meal and each one is designed with a theme. Each course has a purpose. Each course is trying to evoke certain emotions and memories and blah, blah, blah. Um, but there's a really dark, sinister thing going on in the background of everything that's happening. And it is such a wickedly satisfying movie. <laughs> like it's it's in, it's such a fun ride and it's such a simple concept at the same time. Um, but what I'm curious about is what course did you get to within that half an hour? Okay. So they, they had eaten the salad that was very like oceanic looking oh, like, like on the, the rocks. Rock. The, yeah. The and then with the rock. Okay. I think they were about to be given the bread course. Like I think the, uh, the chef was giving his monologue about, um, bread, and I okay. think that was right around where we stopped the movie. So, right. yeah, it's the first, like, 20 minutes, half an hour, right. somewhere around there. So, so you haven't gotten the – there's a course titled The Mess. It's a, Great. Think, is it The Mess? <laughs> the Mess. And then there's one other – it might have been the same course. That's where it gets – that's where it starts to get twisted. But I'm just curious how far half an hour got you. But, man, it is – it's a fun – Right. That's that's really all I can say. It's a very unique movie. It's crazily satisfying. I think I think everyone should just check it out for the sole purpose of what is this thing. It's yeah, it's so much fun. Um, uh, Anya Taylor-Joy is fantastic in it. Nicholas Nicholas Holt's character. Um, I really liked I'm not a big I don't I'm not a big Nicholas Holt fan. He's not a bad actor. I'm just not the biggest fan of his. But like there are subtle, subtle things he's he does in this movie that are really, really cool, that really lends to the story that they're telling. And you don't really yeah. fully understand his character's motivations and everything, but he seems to be, like, the one character who's, like, super into this food stuff that's going on. Yeah. Um, and I loved that little monologue that he had when she he was like, you know, people who are into athletes and all this stuff. And, he, like, I loved that monologue. That was that was awesome. That was Absolutely. <laughs> it was well, just I loved, beautiful. No, <laughs> it was no, just it was a perfect. beautiful little monologue, so. 
it was perfect because I'm not somebody who's into food that way, but I'm into other stuff. Like I'm into yeah. art in that way. And like in, into music in some ways too, and some different things. And like, I could really relate to that. And I could see how somebody who's that into food could give how their passion, uh, builds the importance for, uh, yeah. you know, what they're passionate about. And it was super relatable, even if you're not into food. Um, Nicholas Holt, I, to me, I feel like he's always been good in everything I've seen him in. Like, I really like his uh, portrayal of Beast and the uh, X-Men prequels and stuff. Yeah, but I totally fine there. Uh, yeah. So I think he's an actor who hasn't gotten enough, like, really big roles to really see what he can do. I think that it might be a case of like, he's actually really good. We just haven't seen what all he has at this point. But my favorite part of this movie is, or what I'm loving about this movie is I have no idea what's going to happen. I have no idea where it's going to go because I know what kind of movie it is. Like, because I know it's going to be some sort of sadistic thriller situation. I have theories going in on in my head. Um, my wife has actually seen a lot of spoilers on uh, TikTok about what happens in this movie. So I told her That's why what she I didn't care about finishing it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So I told her what I think is going on and she told me I'm way off base. But uh, I had a good theory for the little bit of a chunk that we saw so far. But I'm really excited about finishing this right. one. Well, I, I look forward to your official review once you find <laughs> I had I had a lot of fun watching that movie. Awesome. And my kid came walking out like I got up early in the morning to watch it while everyone was sleeping. And he came walking out. I had 15 minutes and I go, can you go in your room and play with your phone for like 15 minutes? I'll tell you when you can come back. <laughs> I love that. Like you wake up super, you know, you wake up before work or whatever. And it's like, I think I'm going to go watch the menu. <laughs> <laughs> no, I that's pretty great. It's like Saturday morning. If I don't have to be somewhere, I will get up before everybody else is just to watch a movie that I know I can't watch with them in the house. Like it's it's funny. Yeah. But yeah, and then the other thing that we watched, um, I think, I, I hope you got my text, but did you watch the Ant-Man trailer? Bit drop? Yeah, yeah, I did. I did get a chance okay. to check it out. All right, this will segue nicely into news. Um, the Ant-Man trailer, this looks epic, man. It, like, looks, it looks really cool. The first trailer that they dropped, to be completely honest, to me, felt very lackluster. Yeah. And... Um, and I was like, yeah, okay, it's Ant-Man. It looks like a CG fest, like Thor, Love, and Thunder. Yes. Meh. Okay. Yes. But after <laughs> watching... the words out of my mouth with that. <laughs> <laughs> but after this trailer, it looks like stuff is going down. <laughs> yes. Uh, this looks like it's going to be an incredibly, incredibly important movie. Um, seeing, obviously seeing uh, MODOK was cool. Obviously seeing Kang in his full green purple outfit straight from the comic books was cool. But like, this looks like it's going to be important for the big picture. And I think ever like, yes, we know one of the Avengers films is titled the Kang dynasty. Yes. This is going to be a launching point. Everyone needs to pay attention. Everyone's going to want to see this movie. Yeah. Uh, and the, the scope looks huge too. Like this looks like Forget being a superhero movie or a Marvel movie like this looks like just a really cool, just really good science fiction film. Some of the imagery and cinematography, I was kind of like, this just looks like awesome sci fi, you know, forget any like Marvel ties. Yeah. This movie looks like it's going to stand on its own. And it looks like like I love the first two Ant-Man movies, but the scope of this thing looks like it's going to be so much bigger than the previous films. Um, oh. I do. I do think Kang looks really cool. I like that his costume is so true to the comics. Uh, 
Modok, I love the sort of like creepy, like metallic mask uh, that he has on in part of the, the movie. I saw that a lot of people are taking a screenshot of the film where Modok's a little bit in the background and he looks like a little bit goofy. He kind of looks like a big head guy. I don't know if I'm fully on board with that specific look, but it's also like I, that's really taken out of context of the full film. Yeah. So the way that he, he looks with that sort of, you know what I mean? Like that metallic like mask look looks frightening and weird. And I'm super excited about that. Yeah. But uh, it is one of those things like CGI fest is the perfect word to use because I went into this trailer being like, well, I know this is going to be a CGI fest, so let's see what they can, <laughs> they can show me. And uh, yeah. as I watched the trailer, that's my jaw was a little bit dropping because I was like, it still looks like a CGI fest, but it looks like the best possible CGI fest. It just looks like really good sci-fi, and that's what I'm excited about with this one. Sure. Well, the producers over at Marvel are saying that this film is, is as important and integral the way Civil War was. Nice. Uh, so that that tells me, like, make sure you see this movie. Um, so, yeah, but since we're technically in the news category, let's cruise along because we got a big topic. So let me hit the big let me hit the real quick ones real fast. Um, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies are leaving Netflix February 1st. Um, so if you were looking forward to watching them there, you're not going to be able to. The reason this is important is because the contract for the Spider-Man films are all predicated on Netflix's ownership of the contracts and copyright stuff. So the Spider-Man films are slowly working their way to Disney plus getting them off. Netflix is the first move. Right. So that's kind of important. That's why I wanted to bring it up saying it's coming. It's coming sooner than you think it is. To me, I have like most of the streaming services. So I'm just like, well, it's going to be off of there, and then it'll just be harder to find, but I'll still probably be able to watch it. Sure. Sure. <laughs> At the same time, I do own all of those movies on DVD, so there's that as well. Sure. Um, the community movie begins filming in June, so cool. it's, it's just nice to see that's moving forward at the pace I was hoping for. Wednesday has been officially renewed for season two. I think we all knew it was going to happen, but this is official confirmation that it's happening. Yeah, uh, of course, but awesome. <laughs> um, Titanic will be uh, is getting a remastered 4K edition and will be coming to theaters in February. <laughs> James Cameron going to James Cameron. <laughs> James Cameron is going to James Cameron himself, and yes. that way he can put Titanic back like higher up and try and beat everything else out because <laughs> it'll count for the box office total of Titanic. Um, for, all, well, for for a movie that's mantra was. I'll never let go. James Cameron really does have a hard time letting go of his yeah. uh, box office totals. I know. But uh, as you were saying, sorry. Yeah, it's all good. It does. Um, it, it will be the 25th anniversary, so it will be in theaters again if you want to see it on the big screen. And if it's a remaster, that is pretty and, cool. To be honest, it might be kind of cool to see again on the big screen. Um, I don't know. I, Walking Dead is over. But and no one seemed to notice, but we're about to get more Walking Dead because the oh, Rick yeah. Shone show is about to start. A series is set for 2024. So, dude, this <laughs> this episode is our favorite upcoming TV shows of 2023. I know. And on the list of shows coming out, there was so many Walking Dead related shows i couldn't believe it and it's kind of like i'm behind on the main show so i had no idea all of this was coming out <laughs> right now and i was at, at once i was at a point where i thought i was probably going to watch a lot of this stuff and i 
honestly don't know if I'm going to be watching a lot of these Walking Dead spinoffs, but we'll, I guess, just have to wait and see <laughs> at this point. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, now, the one thing that I have to bring up is last week I mentioned that we were going to be getting a whole bunch of DC news. Yes. Yes. Guess what, yeah. Guess what hasn't dropped? The, the DC, DC news. Yeah. And the reason it hasn't dropped is because they held an event for the Warner Brothers execs and that is not public yet. So whatever the announcements were, they haven't told anyone. They're not telling anyone yet. They will tell us. But as of right now, it's a Warner Brothers exact thing only. There was something that hit the Internet that was, quote unquote, leaked from an insider. But the source is very vague as to where it came from. The source I found it from is like, I don't know if this is 100 percent true. What I'm going to say is this. This is, could be 100 percent fake. But it's a list of the first one, two, three, five movies. Like I said, this could be 100% fake, but I kind of like, if it is true, I like the idea. The titles of these are Superman, The Last Sun, Green, okay, Lantern, cool. Green Lantern, Ring of Power, um, Teen Titans, Judas Contract. That raised their, like a, that yes. hurt my attention quickly because I was like, whoa, we're jumping to that real fast. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, uh, then they have the Knight of Green Arrow. Okay, cool. And then Justice League Tower of Babel. Whoa, we're jumping to Tower yeah. of Babel? Like, okay, here we go. So this could be very fake. It was listed as leaked. It was listed as rumors. We don't know anything, but it dropped like the day that I found this, the day that they said they were having that event. And then we've, And then no one else is talking about this. That's why so, I think this might be fake. There's a lot to be excited about there, right there, like especially like the Judas contract and the uh, Tower of Babel like that sounds awesome. Um, some of these, I hope, are working titles, especially when you have Lord of the Rings or Rings of Power and then you're going to have Green Lantern Ring of Power, for example. But um, you really I think we have to go back to um, what James Gunn said is. If you don't hear it from me or like an official Warner Brothers source, it's probably not true. Either way, like it's really yes. fun to speculate and I appreciate hearing those titles, but I think we all just need to keep that in mind. But the fact that we want to know what these potential titles are, I think is good news. I think this is a really, even though there's a lot of divisive information coming out of DC, this is a really exciting time because we can speculate and that is half of the fun of superhero cinema is just speculating on what are they going to do. And I'm, I'm really excited for this ride moving forward. Yes. And um, yes, and I'm with you, but again, that did not come from James Gunn's mouth Yeah. till then. I'm not believing a word of it. And I have James Gunn on my, and now I have James Gunn's like Instagram and Twitter on, um, (laughs) <laughs> notification notification so when he says something i'm all ears <laughs> that's awesome so um i actually have a handful of things on notification so it's like who said what now like <laughs> that's so, that's awesome <laughs> all right so let's talk about the big thing we're going to talk about some dungeons and dragons news and this thing called the open gaming license so strap in it's time to talk about some contracts and we're going to try and make this interest and interesting but we're going to try and make some sense out of this yeah so um, the internet has been a complete buzz with some stuff about, um, this thing called the open game license and Dungeons and Dragons. 
and Dungeons and Dragons has been flourishing lately with uh, with the help of Stranger Things, large companies like Critical Role and their success from their streaming uh, streaming of uh, the live streaming games, and then their own um, and then Legend of Vox Machina on Amazon Prime, and then yeah. you throw in other live streaming services where you have uh, like Dimension uh, uh, Dimension Twenty and um, sorry Roll Twenty and yeah. There's a lot. There's, there's honestly a lot. A lot, of, a lot. I'm literally drawing a blank on it. I know it's Dimension 20 and Roll 20 and like there's a whole bunch of them. We yeah. have a Dungeons and Dragons movie coming um, this spring. Um, according to sources, we have a Dungeons and Dragons live action television series coming to Paramount Plus, um, which is going to be um, written by uh, it's going to be producers from the movie Red Notice and the co-creators of john wick will be a part of it as well so it's probably gonna be- <laughs> that's great <laughs> right that sounds awesome yeah right that sounds fantastic so the big problem is is dungeons and dragons this news is coming at like the worst time for the company mm-hmm. so just to let you know dungeons and dragons is going through i don't want to say a revamping but the last time they released an d- edition of Dungeons and Dragons was in 2014 with fifth edition. So this is the fifth edition of the rules. This is the ones that everyone's playing right now. This is the set. This is the rule set that my current group, uh, my adult group, and my kids group that I hope that I work with at the park district are all playing. We're all playing fifth edition. Yeah. Dungeons and Dragons over at Wizards of the Coast over Dungeons, uh, their teams over there. They are so happy with the success of fifth edition that they want to make some just slight improvements to some things that have come up and they've been working towards what they're referring to as one D and D. So one Dungeons and Dragons, like there is no more additions. You'll have this edition. That'll be it. We'll improve when we need to improve, but ultimately we have one D and D because you're not playing third edition, fourth edition, fifth edition anymore. You're just playing Dungeons and Dragons. And that's the whole point, right? Sounds nice. Sounds nice. So they've been releasing these cool playtest materials and teasing some stuff coming, and there's some slight differences. There's some stuff I have I've liked and some stuff I haven't liked, and they have surveys on D and D Beyond that you can go and fill out your, um, you know, give them your feedback. In the midst of this, the new rule set, this one D and D, will launch in 2024 for the 50th anniversary. Cool. Okay. Now there are we just talked about. Uh, third-party contributors to Dungeons & Dragons. Uh, Critical Role, Dimension 20, Roll 20. Uh, publishers like Kobold Press, Darrington Press. Um, these companies make Dungeons & Dragons stuff outside of Wizards of the Coast. They're not owned. Yeah. There's no licensing. Any, there's no. They don't have to pay royalties, anything. It's because of what exists called an open game license, which allows third-party creators to use the D&D basic rule set to make and create whatever they need to create and mm-hmm. it allows them to flourish and this is what a lo- this is what has allowed the tabletop RPG or tabletop role playing game uh, community to become this massive thing absolutely um, now what happened is is the original open game license went into effect during third edition 3.5 i think it's been around for it's been two decades with this open game license available to everybody um 
the it started in third edition. It's either third edition or 3.5. Anyway, regardless of that, it's been around for at least two decades. The because of that, we've had all these third party contributors. Well, because of one D&D, Hasbro, who owns Wizards of the Coast, made a statement a few months ago stating that they don't believe that Dungeons and Dragons is being monetized enough. Well, they have books, they have miniatures, they have, you know, maps you can purchase, they have like dice you can purchase, they have all this stuff under their banner, but they don't feel it's being monetized enough. So does that mean television? Does that mean movies? Does that mean action figures? What does that mean, right? Well, it's Hasbro. Hasbro, in my personal opinion, has been a company that I've been heavily disappointed with for a very, very long time. Um, We're talking probably 15, maybe 20 years that I've been disappointed with this company. And anyone who's a Star Wars collector knows exactly what I'm talking about because you can't get product anywhere. You can't find it. I'm starting to see toys pop up on shelves, but it's, it's still scraping the barrel. And it's like I can't I basically stopped collecting Star Wars because Hasbro is like mismanaging the property, in my opinion. So they want to monetize Dungeons and Dragons. Okay, so they're doing what they're referring to as a tweak of the open game license and making some adjustments to allow for a little bit more profit because they have these third party companies. They want some overhead. They want to get some royalties for this. On one hand, that makes sense. You expect a company to do this. Yeah. On the other hand, what this is going to do is. When you look at when you really dig deep into this, the profit margins are showing that third party creators might not be able to survive. This would completely destroy Kickstarters. This might completely destroy some of these third party companies. There are third party companies that might completely jump from D&D altogether and make their own rule set, which has nothing to do with Dungeons and Dragons. This might kill Dungeons and Dragons as we know it. Um. So that's where we're going to break this down and we're going to try and figure some of this stuff out. Okay. Um, There are tons of YouTube videos right now. There are tons of articles. There are tons of, some of it's false information. Some of it's so opinionated. You can't tell if it's real or not. So I've been trying to extrapolate this down and make some sense out of it. So I hope I'm not boring you at all, but this is like, some of this is nuts. So no, there's just there's so much to say, but yeah, I'm not bored at all. It's just, okay. So yeah, let's look at a couple. <laughs> let's look at a couple legal. Now, some of this I found directly from some articles that were written by some lawyers, some copyright lawyers, and they put they did this real. They did, one of them did this really nice breakdown here, and they put in some definitions. So let's look at some definitions. First, work a copyrighted work. Or, for simplicity, work is an original creation such as a graphic, book, video, song, or program that can be protected by copyright law. Okay. Copyright holder. A copyright holder is a person who holds the rights to a specific work. This can be the author of the work or whoever received ownership from the author. With me now? Okay. Yes. (laughs) Open license. Copyright holders can choose to issue an open license to their work if they want others to freely build with, customize, or improve the work. Open licenses give permission to anyone to use the work without cost and minimal restrictions on modifications. Make sense? Yeah. Okay. You're with me. Great. Okay. (laughs) 
So what is happening? Wizards of the Coast has privately released Wizards of the Coast or WOTC, W-O-T-C, right? So Wizards of the Coast or WOTC has privately released the open game <laughs> license version. I'm letting you know that because I'm going to say WOTC a lot and I wanted to. <laughs> no, I because of these new rules, I was listening to a YouTube channel talking about the same issue and they kept saying WOTC and then there was a an offhanded remark of that sounds really similar to uh, another word that starts with an N, which I oh, thought was geez, really funny wow. <laughs> since, wow. since they're clamping down and stuff. Maybe not the best taste uh, yeah. of a joke, but uh, it just made no, me laugh okay. in the moment. So keep going. <laughs> All right. So what has happened? Wizards of the Coast has privately released the open game license version 1.1, which is now leaked. It was leaked by someone at the company. They released it because they were like, they released it to people who worked at the company to kind of take a look at this is what we're doing, this is what we're going with. We haven't rolled it out to the public yet, blah, blah, blah. Someone at Wizards of the Coast saw this and went, this is the most horrible thing that you're going to do to the company. And they leaked it to the public. Yeah. Okay. That person is still anonymous, right? Wizards of the Tent. Okay. Which is now it's like they had a whistleblower. It's really crazy. I know. (laughs) Like we're talking about role playing games. This is this is wild. This is this is this is wild. Okay, so and I'm going to tell you this. I don't know enough. Okay, none of this is going to get me to stop playing Dungeons and Dragons. I don't know how I feel about things. It makes it puts a weird knot in my stomach, to be completely honest, that a company would even consider doing this. But it sounds like it's almost all Wizards of the... I'm sorry. It almost sounds like it's all Hasbro's fault and not Wizards of the Coast. But their attempt to revoke and replace the current open game license, version 1.0, that has been in place for over two decades. The original um, OGL is a perpetual, but not irrevocable, open license that allowed third-party creators to build a thriving tabletop industry that we've all enjoyed, from players, publishers, and everyone in between. Companies such as Piazzo, Alchemy RPG, Cobalt Plus, Hitpoint Press, so on and so on, right? Okay. Right. Open Game License 1.1, which got leaked, is not an open license. Although Watsi tries to claim that it is, it's a severely restricted set of licenses. Um, it will grant Watsi broad rights to the works of third-party creators and require incredibly high royalty percentages in exchange for continuing to create. Third-party creators who agree to the open game to the new open game license grant Watsi the right to reprint, distribute, and otherwise exploit the third party's creators' works without any compensation, and also require the third-party creators to play Watsi a royalty of the third party creator finds enough success with their work. So if you create, now here's the weirdest part about this is that Dungeons and Dragons is a game where you create your own character. And if you're a dungeon master, you might do world building, not use a published adventure and create your own world. If you decide to publish that under this new open game license, Wizards of the Coast has right to use your work for anything they deem worth that they want to, and they don't have to pay you a dime. Yeah, that's where it gets. Uh, that's where it gets sticky crazy. and complicated, and yeah, right. crazy. Right now, think about now. I'm specifically going to use Critical Role as an example because it's probably Perfect. the biggest name. Yeah, they are. They've created their characters. Matt does not use published adventures at all. He creates everything himself. It's all his own homebrew mm-hmm. world building 
experience, right? So it's just the D&D system that he's it's using. their creators. Yeah. They're using the D&D rules, which, according to 5th edition rules, there is nothing wrong with Matt doing that because it's a part of the original open game license. So, Critical Role, if they don't want to sign this license and keep doing what they do, they basically have to stay with 5th edition, and then they'll never be, and then Wizards of the Coast can't touch them. Here's the catch. Critical Role partnered with Wizards of the Coast to release the Explorer's Guide to Wildmount, which is a book based on one of the continents that exists in Matt's world. So if I want to go and explore that with my players, I can, and I have all the source material for it. Mm -hmm. Critical Role on their own, outside of Wizards of the Coast, and has no partnership with them, released another source book called Taldore Reborn, which is basically a campaign setting for the continent of Taldore, which exists in Matt's world. That is outside of Wizards of the Coast completely, and Wizards of the Coast does not get any profit from that at all. Critical Role also produces the Vox Machina animated television series for Amazon, which Wizards of the Coast can't touch because it's all 100% Critical Role created. Yeah. They're animators, they're voice actors, they do the show, everything is done themselves. There is no mention of anything related to um, uh, Watsi at all, right? Right. Someone over at Hasbro says we should be getting a piece of that. So, and according to the original license, uh, Critical Role doesn't have to pay for a thing. There is a here, but. There is a but. Well, well here's Let's here's where I do want to say it does get a little bit tricky talking about it when it comes to Vox Machina completely. Uh, critical roles intellectual property right but they are using races and classes that are from dungeons and dragons but at the same time where do those races (laughs) those classes come from exactly they come from folklore and literature and lord of the rings and And, and you know yeah uh wizards of the coast didn't invent barbarians and they didn't invent elves or bards and all this stuff so it's yeah no you're right. You totally like my point kind of got neutered there because you are right. Like yep. Wizards of the Coast doesn't have a, a monopoly on these elements of folklore that have been around since, you right. know, for and, centuries now. And Dungeons and Dragons was technically built off of Lord of the Rings. Right. Right. Where all those races and everything exist. So the one thing that Critical Role, the big butt with Critical Role on this is the gods, the deities within Matt's works are all represented within Dungeons and Dragons lore. Oh, okay. Okay, it's the only thing. Now, because Matt Mercer, uh, the Dungeons Master for Critical Role, because he published Wildmount with Watsi and he published Teldori on his own, I personally think he knew this was coming. He was given a heads up. He talks to people at the company. He knew some of this was coming to protect himself. If you're watching Critical Role, and this is a little, unfortunately, this is a little metagaming and it's a little meta audience viewing, if you will, because I thought about this and I was like, oh, my goodness, he's actually going to get himself out of this without doing anything. Nice. Um, The gods, two of the deities in the story during the current campaign of Critical Role, have been destroyed by another god that he created. 
So is Matt strategically over the course of the current campaign killing off the gods to strictly remove himself from Wizards of the Coast? So when this does drop, he will not be beholden to anything Wizards of the Coast. And then they'll drop their own rule set. And then you'll be like, well, I'm going to play Dungeons and Dragons, but I'm playing Critical Role version. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, is that what's going on? It's really, really interesting because the original game license says that you can use whatever the current license is and or the current rule set and build your own whatever. And this one's saying that you can use the current rule set, but we get a point of whatever you publish. Now, if I'm playing at home, I don't owe Wizards of the Coast anything. If I'm making money off of this, I have to pay a royalty. That's basically what this license is all about. It's the third-party creators that are hurting the most. So here's a little bit more from the article. So any third part, and this is from the lawyer uh, who wrote up this whole thing. Any third-party creator that signs the, the new... Um, Open game license will be bound by the terms as currently written and subsequently updated. Agreeing means that you will have to, one, report what works you or your company are making to Watsi, two, report revenue from your works to Watsi if above $50,000, and three, pay a 25% royalty on revenue over a certain threshold, currently set at $750,000 from your works. So this is really the big tier companies. But it, these are big tier companies that have affected the gaming landscape for a very long time. Um, you will own your content and works and can distribute them to certain places. However, Watsi will receive a perpetual, irrevocable right to use your works and to allow other players to use your works without additional payment to you. This would allow Watsi to publish these works in places you would not be allowed to. Period. Just what? <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's so it would be it would be like that specific area is like if I made a fan comic based around Superman, for example, that would be like DC Comics taking elements of my comic and using it for their own thing and profiting off of it. And they don't need to they don't owe me any money, which I feel like kind of is the sort of unspoken agreement with fan content. But I'm just kind of trying to make sense of that aspect of the whole thing. If yeah. I mean, am I kind of accurate with my assessment there? Yeah, pretty much. OK. Um, yeah, you're kind of right there with it. Um, there is this. is Where is it? All right. Now, the worst part about this is the fans are screaming. I mean, this is like, yes, Internet's like your company's burning down. Why are you not talking? They have been completely silent. So uh, if you go to on a D&D Beyond, um, there's some changes. There's, there's a thing that says um, it's basically uh, we love the interest and blah, blah, blah. We understand you have concerns, misunderstandings. We want to clear the air. This was posted on December 21st, 2022, and that's when the, sh when the shit hit the fan. It is, um, and since this dropped, everyone has freaked out because things are leaking, and it is January 12th, and they still have yet to say anything. They haven't said a word, which is the scary part about this. Um, the only thing they have said um, so on January 10th, we said, we know you have questions about the official game license or the open game license, and we will be sharing more soon. Thank you for your patience. 
<laughs> Notice they said questions and not concerns. Uh, my my uh, my what? job my day job is custom it deals with a lot of customer service and thank you for your patience is a go to when you're just trying to instantly calm people down but I love that it just stopped right there right but here's <laughs> that's really fun middle finger you know what I mean that's the part yes. that irritates me um, absolutely so here's this is a really terrifying part this um let's see here um. All right, so here's a here's a line directly from the uh, official game license. Um, other products, sometimes great minds think alike. We can't and won't cancel products out of fear that they'd be seen as similar to licensed works. Therefore, a you agree that nothing prohibits us from developing, distributing, or selling, promoting something that's subsequently similar to a licensed work. B you own the new original content you create. You agree to give us a non-exclusive, perpetual, irrevocable, worldwide sublicensable royalty-free license to use that content for any purpose. See, here's the point where I'm starting to feel like that's kind of fair, though. Because if, I don't know, if you think of how much you, like, Marvel or DC or any big, like, movie franchise has been accused of listen, listening to online fans about, like, what they want to see for their movie sequels or, like, what they would want to see for the live-action version of these characters. And, like, you know, there's always those, like, theories that, you know, the people at the MCU are browsing Reddit and seeing what people are saying on the Marvel forums. And they're like, hey, that's actually a really good idea. We should put that in our movie. And I feel like that's a little bit... That's that's one of the few things where it's like, yeah, if you're making a product and selling it that's solely based on D&D and yes, you have your original ideas and everything like that. It does make sense that D&D could maybe ape some of that for their own. So I can kind of right. see where they're coming from on that specific point. Um, right. Yeah. Well, here is a letter that got released today. Um. Literally, this got released today uh, by an insider who who's literally like, I work for the company and I'm keeping my name out of this, but you guys need to hear this. So it says, hi, I'm an employer employee at Watsi, currently working on D&D Beyond and with D&D business leaders on the health of the product line. If you want, I can provide proof of this. I'm sending this message because I fear for the health of a community I love and I know the leaders of Watsi are looking at. They are yeah. briefly delaying the rollout of the open game license changes due to the backlash. Their decision making is based entirely on provide on on the profitable impact to their bottom line. Specifically, they are looking at D uh, D Beyond subscriptions and cancelizations as the quickest financial data they currently have. They are all still hoping the community forgets, moves on, and they can still push this through. I have decided to reach out because my time at Watsi, I have never once heard management refer to customers in a positive manner. Their communication gives me the impression they see customers as obstacles between them and their money. The D&D Beyond team was, the first, was first told to prepare to support the new official game license changes and online portal when they got back from the holidays. And leadership doesn't take any responsibility for the path and stress they cause others. Leadership's first communication to the rank and file on the open game license was 30 minutes on... 11123. This was the first time they even tried to communicate their intentions about the open game license to the employees. And even in this meeting, they blamed the community for overreacting. I will repeat, the main thing this leadership is looking at is D&D Beyond subscription cancellations. This dropped today. 
and D&D Beyond's subscription cancellation server page crashed because of the amount of people who crashed, who canceled their D&D Beyond subscription. I believe that 100%. Holy crap. They basically went, you're going to screw with our stuff. F you, we're out. And mm-hmm. it's absolutely crazy. Um, there's been some statements from like Cobalt Press released a really cool statement saying, we're not going anywhere. We love this genre. We love playing games. We want to do this, whatever. We're still going to be here. There's some yeah. statements coming out from some of these. I'm personally really, really looking forward to what Watsi will eventually say. I'm really, really looking forward to Critical Role's statement, or are they going to be quiet and slowly kill off the gods so they can be their own thing and not worry about it? <laughs> you know, like what's what is actually happening? Yeah. Uh, and then the thing that's the weirdest part about it is everyone seems to blame Hasbro a little bit because Hasbro owns Wizards of the Coast and Hasbro, like I said, has not had the, in my opinion, has the best track record. And I think they mismanaged their uh, properties they own. And they, um, in my opinion, it's all to them. It's all about the dollar and it has nothing to do with providing quality product. Um, however, Hasbro posted this today at the most awkward time. Hasbro is proud to be named one of America's most just companies by Just Capital and CNBC and to be ranked number one in the household and leisure goods industry. We're honored to be recognized for our strong performance and ethical leadership and accountability to stakeholders. And we want to thank our team for great work they're doing and to make our company and world a better place. That's yep. their full statement. <laughs> <laughs> yep, they were they were named one of America's most just companies by CNBC and Just Capital today. Look, I know I know brevity is the sign of intellect, but these <laughs> statements that they're putting out are so funny because it's so like I don't know, I think it's a little bit of like they didn't know how big of an issue this was going to be and they're caught speechless. (laughs) So this is literally the best they can muster. And it's, I'm sorry to laugh, but it's so funny looking at this as as an outsider because I know that they're crapping their pants. They like, like, we don't know what to say, but it's also like, you really couldn't give us more than that. Like you couldn't address any issues. Like I get that you're trying to be nice, but at least pretend a little bit more to like try to you know calm the crowd down you know what i mean yeah yep and i seriously it's it's such a mess and here's the thing there's a really really good um there's a really good youtube video out there um uh, by the dungeon dudes who do a really really nice job of taking all of their opinion out of the equation and just talking facts yeah that's smart Um, It's probably one of the best ones to watch if you're really curious, but this is an interesting ride. Here's the thing. Since we started this podcast, I've learned a lot about paying attention to contracts and licensing and stuff because we discussed the Fox requisition from Disney, um, the Star Wars requisition at Disney. Like we just looking at some of this stuff. I've learned a lot. And here we are in this really big, messy thing. Right. I love Dungeons and Dragons. I'm going to keep playing. That's not the problem the issue is is we get to like the new edition coming out and you have a little like weird bug in your stomach like i don't know if i want to give you guys my money anymore like i have i have enough of the books to just play i don't need like and i world build i'm a dungeon master but i don't like using published adventures everything i do is 100 mine it's world building but i'm not publishing it so i'm not a company that has to pay (laughs) you know and you also have to think about the secondhand market like 
are people just not going to play this new one D and D edition? Are they going to be more prioritizing? Like, you know, you go to your half price books or your second and Charles, you go to your used bookstore and you buy fourth edition or third edition books, because that's what's available because you just want to play and you don't want to be micromanaged. You don't want to be, um, you don't want to be upcharged for things and you're just trying to find a way to play with your friends. And, uh, Drew, I have so many things like this is a huge story and I've written so many things down, but one thing I wrote down that I think all of my other things kind of point to is I wrote culture versus suits. And I think pointing the blame at Hasbro really does make sense because I think you got to think about the Hasbro offices. You probably have a lot of guys in business suits who are looking at like, wow, Dungeons and Dragons has become a pretty big cultural force and we actually should be making more money on all of this stuff. But these are people, again, in suits who aren't necessarily connected to D&D or role playing or tabletop culture. So they're looking at it from a strictly monetization standpoint probably looking at a lot of numbers and statistics but they don't understand like dungeons and dragons is a game that from the beginning and i'm not an expert on DD, but i do understand the spirit of the game and it's a game from the beginning that you bring your own creativity to you bring your own spirit and ideas to this game and there's always in my opinion been this sort of organic back and forth between D&D puts out this these rules, they put out these books, and you have to use that system. But the players and the dungeon masters' creativity always has factored in on it. There's always been a give and take. And you look at, we've talked on the show about how, like, the Japanese RPG, like, video game system for years ripped off of D&D. And there's a ton of other games that have really taken D. D&D's system, like a ton of other tabletop games who have taken that system and kind of made it their own and published something new. And I feel like it's just this, it's like this decades long tradition of this back and forth between this company and the customer. And there's like this culture built between like the company's creativities and the the customer's creativities. And it's gotten to the point where we have things like Critical Role and Vox Machina. And we have like role-playing games like in the world of podcasts is one of the most popular genres and we have this thing where yes going back to what the suits saw in their offices like D is a huge cultural force but the reason it's a big cultural force is because of what the customers and everybody else all these independent creators and uh, profiters have brought to it and yeah. i'm thinking like we're in a world where like the majority of huge blockbuster movies are superhero stuff. Like the majority of big movies is Marvel. And I have a lot of friends who are really on like superhero and Marvel fatigue. And like in the back of my mind, I'm like, well, yeah, there's that, but we just had house of the dragon and rings of power. And we're going to get a D and D movie. And well, you know, think about superhero movies are awesome. What's going on right now. That D and D movie might be great, but is it, if they don't, if they don't address this in some way, that might be the biggest box office flop in the history of box office flop because people will boycott it. <laughs> Absolutely. And even bigger than that, like I almost feel like this is D and D's time to shine. And like, 
we could be ushering in like a really solid era. Like we just had, you know, Willow, like I was talking about earlier, we have this, like, I feel like we're ushering in this era of sword and sorcery that we haven't really seen since the eighties. And I'm just going a little bit like wizards of the coast. Don't let your greed take this away. Like, don't let your stop this, take this away. Yes. And yeah, exactly. Perfect. And it's, it's just, it's just, they they are in the right, like what I said about uh, Metallica and Napster earlier. Look, like you're you're right on. They are in the right to want some kind of royalty for like these yes. bigger companies. I 100% get. Yes, that. that's not the part that concerns me. The 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 part that concerns me is that you created a character for a game to play with your friends that allows you to make your own shit but we can use it without yeah. paying anything. That's well, the part that concerns me. Well, it's also like what I'm trying to say is like the reason D&D is so popular is because of these independent creators like Critical Role and like all these other streamers and podcasters. And it's like, if you're going to step on their toes now, like you're going to just, it's they- like, they're they just going to stop your, your uprising, you know? <laughs> right. Huh? They have essentially made the product what it is. And you guys, like, what? <laughs> um, yeah. It's it's but, like you got to look at the long-term game instead of short-term profits. And this is such a nuanced thing because it's like I understand where they're coming from, but also, like, there's so many good things in the world of D&D going on right now. Just don't stop it, you know? Just let us, let's see how far we can – get this to go is kind of my attitude i know um we're gonna move on because this is get, we're gonna move on to our list tonight because this is a huge <laughs> story and we're probably gonna be talking about this a lot I just, yes no way we couldn't discuss <laughs> this and i can't open up i'm like literally while you were talking i opened up twitter just to see because i can't open it without probably i scroll through with the first 10 tweets when i open up twitter and the first seven of those 10 are dungeons and dragons related Based on the OLG or yeah. OG, whatever. Um, this one, D and D Beyond. When we record, when we record our show, I don't get to watch Critical Role live. I love that show, but I don't watch it live because they're recording when we're recording. Two, I don't watch D and D Beyond live because they're recording when we're recording. I always go back and watch those later, right? D and D Beyond has canceled their stream for the night. <laughs> They're they literally they're scared. They don't they have nothing to do. And the report says, you know, they're not they're they have employees coming out to say they hate what Watsi is doing. Uh, creators hate it. The community hates it. People hate it. We're scared. We don't know nothing. And Watsi and Hasbro haven't been talking. Still nothing. You know, so. We'll I, see. I, and we'll I keep think it's, <laughs> I think it's really just that disconnect between. The suits at Hasbro versus this rich D&D culture that's been around. And I don't think they realized how much of a splash this was going to make. But, yes, we're going to keep talking about this. And this is really, really interesting stuff, in my opinion. Yeah, so. yeah it is. And are, is the third-party creators correct? Is Watsy correct? It's a little bit of both, in my opinion. But Watsy's not wrong to want royalty pays. Royalties paid to them. However... It would destroy Kickstarters. It would destroy, like, there's a whole bunch of stuff that it would just completely eliminate. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And it's going to be hard to keep up when, you know, what's going to happen is, is they'll just like it'll it'll go by the wayside and people are like, well, I guess I'm going to have to start playing the new edition. Like, is what's going to end up happening. So it's like the David can't fight Goliath. But this is really interesting how it's playing out in the social world right now. Yeah. So we'll see. But you know what? Let's talk about some stuff we're looking forward to because of the list tonight. It might be a short one because of <laughs> it's stuff we've been waiting on and talking about and all that stuff a lot. Yeah. But um, let's talk about tonight's list, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. Cool. All right. We'll roll the thing. And now for the top five. Okay, Peter, all that nonsense about contracts and everything aside, let's talk about some stuff we're looking forward to this year. Um, and that's the television that we're television shows we're looking forward to. Um, the I found this list interesting to put together, and I feel right. like we're gonna match a bunch, to be honest. I don't have a lot to say about everything on here because it's stuff we've talked about a ton and a couple of these things i'm going to be getting real sooner rather than later so (laughs) by the time this episode drops i will have at least one of these sitting in my lap for me to watch so um yeah let's run through it this um i think i went last week who went who went first last week i don't remember i Uh, i went first you did I, i did you did so this should i think would be oh you. no 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 you went first last week but okay, next yeah. week's my pick so i don't know if you should go first again uh, i don't mind going first. <laughs> i only have one i know mention. i only have one honorable mention. oh well i have two so i have Perfect. to go, go first <laughs> so my first honorable mention i actually went with uh marvel oh. zombies oh I sorry say this is our anticipated tv for 2023 right well you did now i'm not sure but <laughs> <laughs> all right um so yeah, spoilers. Uh, yeah, I went with Marvel Zombies for my first pick, and uh, I actually just... almost forgot Marvel Zombies was coming out. But go ahead. <laughs> um, this one I don't know a lot about. Um, as far as I know, it's going to be an animated Marvel Zombies show, and I I'm assuming it might be similar animation to the um, the What If series on Disney Plus, but I'm not quite sure about that. It's just it's Marvels. It's zombies. Hell yeah, I'm in. That's pretty much all I have to say about this one. <laughs> right on. Right on. Um, all right. So my first and only honorable mention is The Resident. Um, I've talked about how I love this show. Um, it's a medical show. I'm not usually into medical shows and stuff like that, but I've really enjoyed this one all the way through. They said that the season that um, ended this Tuesday, I haven't watched the finale yet, but they said it was the final season. But when I was watched, when I was getting caught up on episodes, um, it said next week is the season finale, not series finale. So I don't know if there's, nice. a final, if there's another season. So if there is, I'm just excited for it. That's why it's making an honorable mention. I, gotcha. I honestly don't know. So nice. So what do you got? Um, yeah. Other one. My next honorable mention is an honorable mention because it's I don't really know much about it at all. It's one of these shows that while I was researching this list, I kind of ran across. But uh, it's the show called Poker Face. Are you familiar with this at all, Drew? Um, I am, but I don't really know enough about it. OK, so I don't know a lot about it either, but I know that it's a 
Ryan Johnson produced series and it's starring Natasha Leone and it is a mystery of the week series. And this oh, okay. just comes out of, I really like the knives out movie so far. And uh, I think Ryan Johnson is pretty cool and interesting as a creative, uh, you know, personality. So this is one that I don't know a lot about, but I definitely want to check it out. Uh, it sounds like a good time. You know what I mean? <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, this, yeah. I mean, it sounds cool. I just, I don't know enough about it. So I'm going to have to go. Yeah. Um, all right. So does that put me on my first yeah. pick of the night? Okay. So my first actual pick of the night is stranger things. Um, this was hard to figure out what order I was going to put these in, but Stranger Things is my first pick of the night. Um, I believe we're getting that this year, right? <laughs> I don't know because I didn't put it on my list, but now I think I should change it. <laughs> Stranger well, Things. I feel. List. I really feel like they they filmed a lot of stuff as close together as they could because the kids are getting older. And I even looked at like House of the Dragon. I was like, "Ooh, can I put that on my list?" No, it won't be out until 2024. You know okay. what I mean? That's the thing. I was like, yeah. what's actually coming? And I want almost everything I watch right now is streaming. So it's like, what's the next show? What's the next show? What's the next show? We have so much Marvel coming. We have so much Star Wars coming. We have so much of this and so much of that. And it's there's a lot of cool stuff coming. So I was like, if, even if it doesn't make it out this year, I'm really looking forward to Stranger Things. I hope it will. I know that that's the Duffer Brothers are trying to close this guy out. And it's the final season. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like one of the top of my list things. So. Yeah. No, good call. And we've only done this like once or twice before, but I'm going to retroactively match you because Stranger Things really is one of my favorite sort of franchises at the moment. Yeah. Like, I think Stranger Things is awesome. Season four was I mean, you can't top the magic of season one, but season four, I think, was the second best season they've put out for the whole series. And so I'm so excited to see what's to come. I don't know for sure if it's coming out this year, but let's say it is for the sake of the list, and uh, I'll match you on that one. <laughs> so, there we I'm going to see if I can find um, confirmation on that. If I can find a little bit. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Stranger Things will be May of 2023. So Beautiful. Okay. Nice. But, uh, hold on. No, I could be wrong. Production will begin filming. Blah, blah, blah. All right. I could be wrong. It might be next year, but hey. It, at the end of the day, I just want it. So I could be wrong. But if, I, if we're both wrong, we're both wrong. All right. There was a time where I had uh, the Spawn movie as my anticipated movie for 2020. And that never happened. So I think it's OK for us yeah. to say right. Stranger Fair Things enough. tonight. <laughs> um, all right. So the next one on my list will be Ted Lasso season three. Um, this is I like I said, dude, you have to watch this show. It's the most wonderful, charming show. Um, I got a little onto the bandwagon late. I heard that this is the last season, which doesn't make a lick of sense to me at all. But then again, you overstay your welcome and people go, oh, that's still on. Kind of like The Walking Dead. But, <laughs> you know, oh, oh, that's still going. But this is a show that I definitely want more of. And I want more of those characters and stuff. So I hope it's not the final season. But um, <laughs> yeah, so Ted Lasso. Anyway, nice. Awesome. Uh, so for my uh, my next pick, I'm going to go with uh, you season four, the Net Netflix series. You uh, that one's always weird to say on an audio podcast because it's such a short title. But I've really liked the series. You I think it's a really awesome 
it's a really awesome series that has similar vibes to something like Dexter, but it also has this really cool sort of um, a lot of like literature Easter eggs and stuff. And I really love the vibe of the show. Season three, I wasn't extremely thrilled on. I think they took maybe some missteps. And I think we're at a point where the main character of Joe I don't know if we're going to see him grow past the state he's kind of been in the show, but still the vibe of you is always super fun. It does one of those really, it does one of those really cool things that I think uh, Dexter does really well also is it does this thing where you, it puts the character like he'll be sneaking around somewhere like maybe he'll break into somebody's house because he's looking for something. And then that person comes home and then he's, trapped in the bathroom or a closet or something and you're just on the edge of your seat because it's like how the f is this character going to get out of the situation that's i know it's kind of gimmicky but that's one of my favorite things in storytelling like it's so exciting to watch those moments and you has those moments in spades so i'm really excited even though i wasn't super thrilled on the third season i'm still really excited for the fourth season of the show yeah i got you um Okay, so that gives sends it back to me. So my next one, that like I said, there's a ton of Star Wars coming, um, and I know we got Andor. Uh, we just finished with Andor and stuff, but Andor I felt was a departure from Star Wars in the sense that it felt like any science fiction show I ever watched. I know I've said that multiple times, but it just did. I want something a little more back to form Star Wars, and I know the Bad Batch started, but the one I'm most excited about is Mandalorian season three. Uh, <laughs> What they've we, we, we matched on this one. All right. This is what, awesome. what they've showed us already looks fantastic. I can't wait. Um, this is it just I, I can't wait for more Mandalorian, basically. Um, so, yeah, that's what I got for you. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I did want to mention I don't know if it's audible at all, but my dog is right behind me, like seriously chowing down on a bone and I'm trying to get her to quiet down. But if there's like, a weird well, noise in my background, it's okay. It's that's okay. what it is. <laughs> it's okay. I haven't really noticed. There was a, there was a uh, sound effect that happened on my computer while we were talking about the D and D, the Dungeons and Dragons stuff. Yeah. And uh, my, com- my Microsoft accounts are linked with stuff. So even though I'm on my computer, my kid is clearly playing with the Xbox and he got an achievement and it popped on my screen. So <laughs> that's great. I was like, well, that will be in the show. <laughs> that's great. There's nothing I can do about it. Like, okay. So at least it only happened the one time, right? And watch three more achievements pop. Anyway. Um, okay. So it's, it's really hard for me to narrow these last two down. Um, yeah. So the next one I got is the legend of Vox Machina. Yes. Yeah. That's literally going to be out in like a week. Like yeah, next, and like next Friday, we're gonna be able to talk about <laughs> Legends of Vox Machina. I can't, I cannot wait for the next season of this show. Um, the trailer looks ridiculous. I can't wait to see those characters again. Um, I've become such a fan of Critical Role and what they're doing over there. Um, take out the Dungeons and Dragons stuff. Just take that part of it away. It's such a like as a company, they're awesome. As P, as creators, they're awesome. What they're producing is just awesome. I can't wait. So. Yeah, we we matched on this one as well. I'm so excited about this. I was actually saving this for the end because as much as it's a goofy, like silly show, it's also really epic. And it's also like if you want to talk about a series that hasn't overstayed its welcome, like we got like a short 
like the first season of Legend of Vox Machina was a short watch, but it was so fun. And like, it really does leave you itching to watch more of these characters and find out what the next adventure they're going to go on is. And uh, I'm, I'm just super excited about it. It does seem like a really creative, like a really awesome creative team is behind this project. And I'm just excited to see, to see more. So awesome. Yeah, I know. I can't wait literally in a week now. My last pick of the night is going to be by the time we sit down, we will have at least watched the first couple episodes of the show, or at least I hope you have. And that will be The Last of Us will be my final pick. of the night. Oh, made my short list. This looks uh, awesome. Did not make my final list. I'm just really, really excited to see this show. This looks absolutely fantastic. This looks like it's like I've been waiting for a show like this for a while. Um, I know it's got some Walking Dead kind of a look to it, but there's more to it. I know that for sure. And um, this yeah. it's I just I, I need a show like this. And this is exactly what um, the and being on an HBO platform. The rules are going to be a little different because there will be no rules. I'm just excited. That's going to literally um, Monday that drops. No, yeah. Sunday, Sunday that drops. So. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that's like it's one of those things where like. The Walking Dead is obviously still popular enough to have a lot of series coming out. But to be honest, like I do feel like The Walking Dead premiered in, I want to say, 29 or 2010. So it's been over a decade. And I feel like we are due for a new like apocalyptic survival horror series out there. So I think this is really exciting. I'm super excited about this. I haven't played The Last of Us games, and so I'm not like. Story-wise, I guess I'm not as anticipatory of this one, and that's the only reason it didn't make my list. But I'm really excited to see what comes out of this, and I'll be watching. So, um, yeah, I can move into my last pick. Yeah, now, more. now this list literally took us about 20 minutes to get through. Like, this is probably <laughs> one of the shortest lists, shortest discussed things. But again, this is stuff we've been talking about forever. This is stuff that we've been you know, excited about. This is just, these are the ones we're looking forward to. So sorry, the list was a little shorter than normal, but it's just the nature of the beast. So what do you got for your final pick of the night? Yes. So we matched a lot and I didn't expect this to be my final pick, but I actually went with X-Men 97. So this Ah. is a continuation of the classic X-Men animated series of the nineties. I think this is such a such a good series that came out like during a golden age of Saturday morning cartoons. The X-Men animated series was so good. It was so like true to the comics. And uh, I just think this is exciting. They're continuing this on uh, Disney plus. And I mean, we're all going to be watching this, right? Like this yep. is going to be so much fun. So yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely will be watching this. Um, I, I really feel like I should have taken the time to rewatch the original X-Men from 97 um, but then again, they might, I don't want to say they're going to Disney buy it, but they might, it might be different enough that seeing the original might not make a difference. So, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure like from episode one, they're going to have a good, it's going to be good for newcomers as well. Um, even if you didn't watch the original series, yeah. but cause a lot of us watched the original series, like, you know, 30 years ago or whatever when it came out, but a lot of us are going to be pretty rusty. So I'm sure they'll be able to catch you up, you know? Yeah. All right, man. What it's your, we're back to form. So this was your first time listening to us. We always do the top five list at the end of the show. 
um, and we take turns picking. So yes. here, uh, this is actually your turn based on how we closed out 2022. So what are you, uh, what are we doing next week? <laughs> so we just did. I, mean, I got to start coming up with new list ideas. Anyway, what? <laughs> yeah. We just did 2023 anticipatory movies and TV shows. Two pretty like straight down the line sort of lists. And I'm ready to get weird with our next pick. Okay. Um, this one's a little bit weird to put in words, but I want to hear about your top five favorite movies that you saw on a whim. So these are like the oh. kind of movies that you went to the theater and didn't know what you were going to see. And then you just picked one and went to see it. Or maybe you were at a store and you saw the cover of a movie and you're like, I don't know what this is, but I'm going to buy it because it looks that cool. And uh, I think this would just be a it's a weird topic, but I think this is going to be fun to talk about because usually this kind of list has some good stories. Like, why did you end up seeing this movie? Maybe you didn't know anything about it, but what did what was your takeaway? Like, I think this would be a fun list to do. And uh, it's something I was thinking the other night. I'm like, man, what am I going to do this week? And when I thought of this list, I was like, this would probably be really cool and funky to talk about. So I hope you're down with this one, Drew. Um, you know, it's funny. There are two that I wrote down right now. <laughs> that's that's beautiful. And I did the same thing because I thought of the idea and I'm like, will I have five? And I started coming up with some ideas on my own, but I'm super excited. about. There, this are, two, there are two movies that I ended up just absolutely cherishing because I was yeah. like, that looks kind of cool. Let's go check it out. And yep. it was amazing. So this awesome. could be real. I could find this to be a really easy list to put together. So that's uh, great. We'll see or not. Who knows? We'll see what happens. Anyway. Um, all right. I think that kind of calls it quits for us tonight. You ready to toss this episode in the can? Absolutely. All right, everybody. Well, do us all a favor. Check out our website, top5report.com. There you'll find links to all of our social media, Twitter, and Facebook, along with the link to our email, top5report at gmail.com. You can interact with the show there. Hit us up email, social media, either way works. Um, we are on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Stitcher, Amazon, Audible, um, I guess whatever podcast you're using right now. Um, you can subscribe to us in those places. If you do, you will not miss a single episode. You can also leave us a review. We love five stars, but we also understand criticism because it helps us get better and it makes the words we say feel important. Uh, you can follow me personally on Twitter and Instagram at Drew3927. Uh, Peter, what about you? Yeah, um, I will. Or you can follow me on Twitter at Ninja Pierre. And that's where I will be reminding you that when there is no more room in hell, the Walking Dead spinoffs will walk the earth. <laughs> yeah, good call. <laughs> also, this is coming a little bit late, but happy Friday the 13th, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is tomorrow, right? And, <laughs> yeah. And even though it is Friday the 13th, good luck at the lottery. Um, <laughs> good call. Lottery and Friday the 13th in the same drawing? That could be interesting. Anyway. Dude, that's awesome. <laughs> everybody have a good night. We will see you next week. For the Top 5 Report, I'm Drew. I'm Peter. And I thank you for listening. Thank you.